Hi and welcome to I Love My Club by the podcast that brings you closer to our local camogie and hurling games. I'm delighted to say with me today for the very first podcast in the series, we have Clodagh Carroll. Clodagh, welcome. Thanks, man, for having me. You're more than welcome. And of course, Clodagh, you play with Galtier. I do, yeah. And uh, you're in a Munster, an, another Munster final this weekend. How's uh, the preparation going? Oh, good, yeah. Training's been going well. We were training there last night, so most of the girls are there. But um, yeah, we're looking forward to the Munster final now on Saturday against Knockleville of Tip. And that's down in Mallow and that's half 12 throwing. It is, yeah. And I believe it's being streamed as well. So anyone that's not not going to make the journey can be able to see the game. Um, I suppose we'll look at the we'll talk a little bit about the the campaign and we'll look at your last game and then we'll we'll do a background on yourself. Uh, the last day you played Father O'Neill's from Cork up in Piltown. Um, I was chatting last night to Catherine Witty and I said it to herself. The game seemed you seemed quite comfortable all throughout that game. Did it feel that way when you were playing? Um, well, obviously, we knew Father O'Neill's were going to be a very good side, like any team that's in Munster is going to be very good. But um, we had a slow enough first half. We left in a goal, I'd say, about 15 minutes into the match. So that we didn't really plan for that, obviously. But uh, once we got going in the second half, we kind of pulled away and we were happy with our performance in the end. And I suppose that one of the bonuses of now that you're in the 2021 campaign means you have uh, more players available. And one of them players that came in the last day was very impressive was Leisha Forrest at 1-5 from play. Oh yeah, she's a brilliant player now. Still very young, so um, she, she's still experienced though, even though she's of a young age. Like um, We didn't have her for the 2020 campaign. Um, after she was playing with us through championship in Waterford. But uh, she was a great asset there now uh, last weekend. So hopefully now she'll have a good game again this weekend in the Monster Final. I've no doubt. I was very impressed with her aerial capability. You know, she every time the ball came to her, it stuck and she put a lot of pressure on Father O'Neill's defence. But I suppose when you talk about experience, you know, it might be Alicia's first year. I know Molly came on, it's her first year, but you still have a lot of experience and you've a, a blend of youth. That must help big time. Absolutely, yeah. Like, even though the girls are only about 16 or 17, like, they've been playing together all the way up. They've been playing for the school, the county, and for clubs. So, like, they've plenty of experience there. Uh, we're a young enough team as well, so we all gel well together. And that's something Catherine and Witty was mentioned to me last night, that this group has kind of been together since under six and under seven. And there must be a great bond because, you know, obviously the 2020 campaign only finished recently and then you have the 2021 and you're going to head into clubs soon enough for 2022. It must take a lot of dedication and um, a lot of friendship must be there through a bond of years together because I believe you train Christmas Day just gone or Christmas Eve. Yeah, that's right. We were playing Christmas Eve there now uh, in the wind and the rain, but it really like it helped us then afterwards. We got into the All-Ireland final and we were a bit unlucky there, but it just shows like the dedication that all the girls have. Like we've been playing together for years now. I was probably one of the later ones to start up Camogie with Gaultier. I started around under 10, but I know plenty of the girls have been training since under six and Orla and Gail would have been over the girls then as well. And with that, like you said, you started when you were 10. What made you start initially? You know, would you have been watching Camogie or Hurling or was it in the family? How did it come about? 
Well, um, my family would be a very sporty family anyway. I would have played soccer from a young age, but um, my dad is from Monavat and my granddad's from um, Glenmore. So two proud Kilkenny men. Like, I never really... Uh, I Hurling was always in the family. Like, I think there's a picture of me there on the wall somewhere in the house of myself in a Kilkenny jersey supporting Kilkenny. Um, oh, and how, how does that work out nowadays that you're playing your club hurling in Waterford? Oh, we just, we kind of forget those days now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm quite similar. My dad is from Kilmacow and my dad always wears his Kilkenny jersey when they're playing Waterford. He thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, rubbing it in our faces. But um, no, my mom would be from Waterford now. So when I was younger, she'd always be asking me like, oh, like, why is it Kilkenny now? But sure, I was probably a sunshine supporter then. I was supporting them when they were winning. <laughs> Ah, that, that's the typical of the sport, I suppose, especially when we're younger, we're influenced in that sense. Did you find, you said you played soccer, did you find it? Did you pick Camogie right away, you know, when you put the, the hurley in your hand? Was it a sense of you knew at an early stage you wanted to play it or did it something you had to work on? Well, like I've always loved sport. Even when I wasn't playing Camogie, I would have been like in the garden with my older brother and my dad just having a bit of a puck around. Um, but it was it's actually one of my good friends that got me into camogie and hurling with passage, Eve Fitzgerald. So once I started hurling with passage and playing camogie with Gaultier, like I loved it straight away. And most of my friends are camogie players as well. So like we never really get away get away from it. And the, f- the aforementioned Eva Fitzgerald, of course, she's your sharpshooter, whether it be from freeze or from play. It must be a real bonus to have an asset like that in your team. Oh, 100%. Yeah, she's a brilliant player. Always cool on the ball. She seems to have... Uh, and it's something I actually... Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a big head here. I was talking to Catch last night and I was talking to a couple of people after the Fader O'Neill's game. We reckon you would slot into any men's senior team in Waterford. Oh, I don't know about that now. The, the, way, get... the way you play the sweeper system, you know, the way you read the game. Um, I have a snippet that we'll be playing in the show later on from Catching, and she talks about your game awareness and that's why I was interested to see about your transition from other sports because I'd say you could be the type of person that could play any sport, really. Yeah, like I definitely enjoy other sports. I would have played uh, Gaelic football as well growing up. But um, it's funny, I used to play in the forwards for Gautier and like I wasn't really great at getting any scores. So once they threw me in, in the back line about two or three years ago, I've really been enjoying it a lot more now. Do you feel it's easier when you're facing the ball? I always hear a lot of players talk about that transition from forwards to backs, that it's much easier to face the ball. Yeah, I much prefer having like the whole field in front of me so you can really see what's going on. Like, And with I suppose with that, like, you know, I was talking to Catchin and we talked upon it last night. The fact that Harlan versus Camogie, in, in my, the thing I want to raise on I Love My Club by, is hurling isn't camogie and camogie isn't hurling. And that's not to say the skills aren't the same because they are. But the fact is a lot of people in the GEA world get caught up in not watching camogie because they say it's not hurling, as in it's not the men's game, it's not fast enough. But I think camogie in its own right needs to be viewed as a spectacle and not compared to hurling. Would that be something you'd agree with? Yeah, definitely. Like really the only difference is, is there's a few, uh, few of the rules are different. Um, but like it's more or less the same like we put in the exact same amount of work as the men do now in fairness we have been getting a lot more coverage 
in recent years like um people have started to recognize that we do put in the same work rate and um recently we've gotten equal funding from the government uh compared to the hurler so we're going in the d- right direction definitely and that's that's something you know um i know tomas mccarty i know gavin whelan and wlr and i know also and uh, noel brown they give great coverage to the camogie game in waterford and i suppose this avenue as well with this podcast like you said, it's going in the right direction and hopefully it'll only get better. But I, I believe there's a lot of work to still be done. Um, but in that, I suppose you said you, you train Christmas Eve and that's the other side of it. Um, you know, Catherine was saying you probably train more if, if not than the men because you need to get, no, not noticed more, but you have to do more to get noticed. Yeah, like there's a lot of work that we put in behind the scenes that not everybody sees. Um, I know like coming up to matches any chance at all that the girls would have to promote the match like we take because even though there are local people getting the word out there like Noel Brown and yourself like this it's still not enough there's still people in the community that don't know where matches are going on I think that's something I, I spoke with again last night catching that I referenced I said about could there be more people because obviously you've Ballygunner and your passage and that's a very prominent hurling stronghold and then Galtier the men's side is Gaelic football and you have a few soccer clubs do you think more people in the community could get behind Galtier? Oh I definitely think so yeah like we're we are lucky with the supporters that we get our families are absolutely brilliant and then we'd have a few of the younger girls in the club coming along to our matches but I think it's not really that people decide not to come to our matches. It's that people don't really know that the matches are going on half the time. So we just, we really need to work on getting the word out there. And I suppose Emma Tallon is doing a great job at the moment as your new PRO officer. I, I've contacted Emma a couple of times and, you know, you can see it in the last couple of weeks, uh, the social media posts and the interaction. It's really raising the profile. Yeah, she's doing very well now because... Obviously, like there'd be more people nowadays on the likes of Instagram and Facebook. So they would be seeing that the posts that bit more. So she's doing a brilliant job there. Brilliant. And we'll move on. And what we'll look at now is it's a topic that I want to bring in. And it's something I'm going to ask every guest. Within the game of Camogie itself, is there anything you'd like to see change, you know, a rule or anything at all that you think would make the game better? Um. I think one of the main things I'd like to see changed is now some of the girls won't agree with me on this, but just wearing shorts playing matches instead of the skirts. Like we, we'd be training away in the shorts and then all of a sudden we have to wear the skirts in matches. Like I don't find them as comfortable myself. So Do you I'd feel like it restricts, to see that real restricts movement. Yeah. And we're just used to training away in the shorts. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you there. And I always wondered why, was it maybe more an identity thing to identify camogie as in that was the traditional of what was worn, but I suppose times are moving on now and maybe this could be something that could come from, you know, chats like this and looking at other aspects. How do you feel that the respect side is toward referees? Cause it's something I want to highlight within Waterford in the club game. Do you think referees, you know, like you look at rugby and they have the captains approaching, nobody uses foul language towards referee. Do you think that should be implemented in GA? Uh, yeah I'd say it probably should like fair play I have the utmost respect for anyone that's going to be a referee like honestly I probably wouldn't wouldn't like to do it myself because I've seen like the abuse refs get Um, like half the time players or management don't even mean to be abusing the ref it's just frustration but like it still happens 
Of course, and that's that's one of the things I, like you know we're trying to highlight here, and I love my club by is the fact if you're playing centre back and you make a mistake, your manager will probably say next ball, Claude, a head up. If a referee makes a mistake, everybody gets onto the referee. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like um, even in some of the games, the refs wouldn't even like obviously with the big games they'd have their the um umpires and that, but sometimes. Even in challenge matches, the umpires wouldn't be there. And it's just the referee in the middle of 30 girls. Like So, like, it's hard to see every single thing that's going on. Exactly. And, it, like, that's something that, you know, I'm looking at as well as certain elements of the game that can be taken away from the referee. Um, you know, for big, big games where, like you said, they have the linesmen and the umpires is take away the timekeeping, take away the scorekeeping and let the referee just focus on the game itself. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. And... Moving on, we'll look at, you said you're, there's a, a lot of, obviously, the Kilkenny is installed in you from an early age and supporting Kilkenny, and then you came across to Waterford. Um, do, you, do the rest of your family still active in sport? Is there still a big sporting scene there? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm actually the only, I have an older brother and an older sister, and I'm the only one that plays any sort of GA in the family. But uh, both my brother and my sister would have been big into tennis very good at tennis and my sister would have played hockey as well so we're a very big sporting family obviously my dad would still be following the GA around the place he's always at our matches so in fairness to my parents they've always supported me along the way and you think that makes it easier obviously when you've tougher days you know I find when a parent collects you from a game or a family member a friend is there they kind of they pick you up dust you down and you know sometimes you might go home in a huff and say no I'm not going back there I'm not training tonight and they kind of you need that support around you don't you definitely yeah even I felt like after the loss to Rhinos in the All-Iron final I came home and I didn't want to talk about the match at all and I was expecting my parents to bombard me with questions but they were cool out like they they didn't um ask me any questions at all about the match until I was ready so fair play to them there like I probably would have snapped at them if they did and in saying that you know like when you win a game I suppose the the feeling you're overjoyed and especially if it was an all Ireland final Munster final or just any match in general when you lose a game and you know the being the occasion it was against St. Rhinus do you feel after a couple of days you can start to look back and reflect and try to learn something from it or do you just try to put it to bed yeah, I think a big thing that's come into Kamogi in the last few years is analysing the last few matches. So, like, I know it's tough to do in the moment if you had a tough match, if you didn't play well, and if the team didn't play well. But you need to be going back over the mistakes that the team made to make the team a better team. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a big thing to go back over mistakes in matches. And in, I suppose on that subject... What's the your best memory in terms of the GA that you, you've had up to date? God, there's so many. Um, I'd say winning the 2019 All-Ireland up in Croke Park with the girls, like coming back from losing the year before to Clonduff by a single point. Um, and then we were losing against Rhinos in that final right up until the end when Una Jackman got that goal. Uh, I was just... It was an unbelievable feeling. I think if you asked any of the girls on the panel now, I'd say they mentioned that day as their favourite sporting memory ever. 
And what was that like, you know, the, the day against St. Rhinos in 2019, waking up that morning? I presume you went from a bus up from Waterford to Crow Park that morning? We did, yeah. We would have gotten up early, then travelled up. Um, maybe, I think we stopped off at a garage along the way, but we were all fairly nervous. But I think it was excitement more than anything and the want to kind of um, to, to win compared to the year before. Like we were so disappointed in the 2018 final win by a single point. So then in 2019, we were all that bit older, bit more experienced, and it was just it was unbelievable to top the day off with the win. And what was it like, you know, uh, climbing the steps in Crow Park? Something that every person within GA dreams of, and not many get to achieve. And you're part of a very few small club that gets to achieve that. What was that feeling like? Oh, I. I don't think even any of the girls would be able to describe it. It was brilliant. Like when you're in the moment, you don't realise these things are going on. And like, it's such a big deal. Afterwards, when you look back on it, you're like, geez, that was, that was a big deal there. But when you're in the moment, you're, you're trying to take everything in, but you can't take everything in because it's, oh, it's just unbelievable. And what was it like running out onto Crow Park, you know, when they announced, uh, they obviously in, in Gaelic, they announced welcome to Galtier and they, the manager and so on. What was that like running out to go, onto the All-Ireland final day? Uh, I think we all kind of had tunnel vision running out, like going straight into the warm-up. We wanted to focus on the match straight away. But running out, out into the big, like the stand in Crow Park, it's, it's the thing of dreams, something that every a young camogie player, a young hurler dreams of. And when that actually happened for us, it was, oh, it was unbelievable. And I suppose that's going to inspire another generation. Like you said, young camogie players, whether it be from Galtier or different areas around Waterford. And I think that's what's great about this at the moment is we are highlighting the fact, you know, the success that you're having. And that then will inspire another generation because they will see you run out to Crow Park, they'll see you lift the cup, they'll see Waterford being represented and they'll say, why can't I do that when I'm older? And that must be, I know you probably know, it's not something that the group is aware of, but I suppose when you look back, maybe... 20 years down the line, you know, when you're retired and you see the next generation, you say, I bet they were watching today in 2019. Yeah, exactly. Like even seeing some of the younger girls, the under sixes, the under eights, under tens, we'd be going to their training sessions whenever we win a cup. So at the County Cup, we would have went to the Thursday night training sessions and just seeing the delight on their faces, like seeing the cup and seeing the team, it's, it's brilliant. Like even in fairness to the coaches underage now, they're doing brilliant work. And even Roisin Hartley with the county minors, like they've been so successful in the past few years. It's just great to see so many younger girls coming up and they'll make their way onto the senior club and the senior county panel in years to come. And on that, what when you hear Galtier, what, what does it mean to you? Because the GA is obviously synonymous for being, you know, a family environment community. What what do you feel or what do you comes to mind when you hear the word Galtier? Yeah, I think you have to say family, like friendship. You make so many friendships playing camogie. Like I know if I had a bad day there in college or whatever, I know I'd be able to turn to anybody on the panel, be it a a teammate or a member of the management, I'd be able to turn to them and get whatever's on my mind, off my mind and off my chest. And that's, you know, that's another thing we're looking to highlight here on I Love My Club by. 
his mental health within the GA, both Camogie and Harlan, and just the GA community in general. It, it is a great escape, you know, when you get to go to the field, if you're training or playing a match, you pull up in the car, you go in through them gates and you try to forget about it all for an hour. And you, like you said, your friend's there and it feels like a family. But do you think that can be more done or would you, I suppose it's very, it's highlighted a lot within the men's side of GEA, you know, due to suicide rates within Ireland itself in rural areas. But do you feel that Camogie does enough for mental health as well? Um, Well, like, yeah, the GAA definitely have a big part to play in mental health, both players and even non-playing members. Even just watching the matches, you'd see with older people, like it really brings a light into their life. But um, yeah, no, mental health in the GAA has definitely come a long way in the past few years. Like in the few years previously, there would have been big names like uh, Dublin's Jack Carthy, own Larkin speaking up about mental health and even for people just seeing them that they suffer with mental health sometimes that like it's all right not to be okay but you need to speak up about it it normalizes it in a sense and of course we had our own Mar Shannon in Waterford who, who speaks brilliantly and also actually one of the a Galtier um, player um, Wayne Hutchison spoke on, on his mm-hmm. uh, troubles and it's great because like you said, when young kids, whether it be male or female, and they see this big star or, you know, a hero of theirs and they say, OK, some days it's OK not to be OK and we need to talk about it. And I think you're right. The GEA is a great social hub for people to get up to the field and especially summer days, of course, get out and get the coffee and get chatting. And, you know, I think the GEA, there could be more that would be done down the line and that certainly needs to be looked at. But um, the likes of yourselves with this campaign at the moment, like I was at the last match against Father O'Neill's. I couldn't get over the, the crowd that was at the game, especially uh, kids. There were so many kids at your last game. Yeah, we were delighted with that now. Um, even the fact that we had home advantage, but we had to play uh, the match in Pilltown. We just couldn't get a pitch because the weather had been so bad. It was just great to see so many people actually travelling to the match, especially the younger girls. So, like we do have so much support behind us and we know that ourselves. And that, I suppose, must drive you on big time, you know, in a game, if it's a tight game and the crowd, because I know certainly in sports, people feed off the crowd, feed off the noise, you get a goal, a place erupts. That must be a big bonus. And especially, I know you're going to have another great crowd down in Mallow, of course, at 12.30 this Saturday, down in the Mallow GEA complex. That must be something you're really looking forward to. Oh, definitely, yeah. And it's just like... Even when the morale is down, when things aren't going your way, having that bit of a crowd there to cheer you on, like it works wonders half the time. And it gets you over the line, like you said, in when you're, the morale is down. The, there's a couple of um, things we're going to do here on the podcast. One of them is a quick fire round and just a couple of general questions. And we're going to put it to every player, every former player, or anyone in GA that comes on the show. Who's the best club hurler you've ever played against first? Within Walsh. Oh, I think I'll have to say Beth Carton there. I knew, what a player, I, I, like I knew you were gonna say Beth Carton. She's an outstanding athlete. Yeah, she's some player like she's no star, she has everything going for her. Um she's very hard to handle on the pitch. And who would be the best club hurler you've played with in terms of Galtier? God, there's so many, probably Anya Ling. Um the famous Anya Ling. Yeah, exactly. She's not playing with us this year, but in 2019-2018, she brought so much to the club. Her work rate is absolutely phenomenal. I remember 
think it was 2018, we were playing a county semi-final against St. Anne's and I think we were up by two. So St. Anne's needed a goal and next thing, Neve Rocket was in on goal and Onya threw herself in front of her, blocked the ball with her head. So like it just shows she'd give anything for the team. Brilliant. And then there's another quick fire round. And uh, I know after talking to you for the last 30 minutes or so, what the first answer is going to be, club or county? Oh, club, definitely. <laughs> you had to say that, especially for previewing this weekend's game. Um, yeah. Boys owner Westlife? Oh, Westlife. Okay, Barry's TR Lines. Now, given my second name is Barry, I hope your answer is correct here. Barry's tea has to be. Good woman. Blah or roll? <laughs> Sorry? A blah or a roll? Oh, a roll. Ah, no, no. See, that's the Kilkenny coming <laughs> out, you know. Oh, uh, don't say that. <laughs> Fanmore Beach or Dunmore Beach? Dunmore, definitely. Out on a greenway or on the fairway in a golf course? Oh, that's a close one. I'd say the fairway. And then, of course, Alfie's or Elvery's, famous shops in Waterford? Um, probably Elvery's. Oh, not going for the, the old style <laughs> Alfies. I think you're just, that's that's a reflection of the generation, the age that you're at. Yeah. I remember going into Alfies for years, you know, um, Rocco being there and you'd be getting your boots measured. And it used to be like a day out years ago, but now you can get everything sent to you. Um, yeah. well, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. Look, Claude, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's the very first podcast and I'm delighted that it was a camogie player. Um, like I said, I will be covering the game. I'm heading down to Mallow. I'll be leaving Brighton early um, and we'll uh, be covering the game. And hopefully I'll be getting to chat to you after the match, after a victory and you'll have a Munster Cup in your hand. And I wish you all the best of luck and I wish Galtier the best of luck this weekend. Brilliant. Thanks, William. You're more than welcome. Don't forget to tune in to I Love My Club by every week. You can get us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, type in I Love My Club and Twitter also to get any of our updates and all our content. Don't forget, hurling is our passion.